Hello and welcome to episode 362 of the video show. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, today I am joined by another guest. Um, her name is Rosalind Wood from Rosalind Jewelry, and she creates um, lots of different types of bespoke jewelry. But the reason why I wanted to talk to her is because alongside this, this jewelry she makes, she makes some really cool looking videos. She posts them on different platforms like TikTok and Instagram. So I wanted to discuss what her process is like, whether she plans videos up front or whether she just sort of records the loads of stuff and then sort of makes videos afterwards. And I wanted to see what it's like for people that create videos that are making products. So this is not something I do a lot, but I wanted to talk to someone to find out how it all works, what kind of process they go through, and how they've improved um, over the time they've making these videos. So here's the interview with Roslyn, and I'll see you shortly um, at the end of the video as well. So I'm Ros, and I'm the creator behind Roslyn Jewelry. I'm an artisan jeweler and metalsmith, and I create jewelry that tells people stories. So that can be something that they pick up on their holiday that they bring back and we can incorporate that into the design or it can include someone's handwriting or somebody's palm print or fingerprint. It basically is just a piece of personalized bespoke jewelry that reflects their individual story. Excellent. And then obviously you're on the video show for a reason. So you use video to promote what you do and I think because of jewellery obviously you need to showcase exactly how the jewellery um, looks uh, and I, I, I think most interestingly like how it's made as well so how do you go about recording your videos and how do you go about posting your videos? Yeah, so I do have some professionally made videos that are on my website and uh, those I think I, I, I use those when I want to be slightly more formal uh, but for the stuff that's happening all the time, I just use my mobile phone and I have a, a good tripod that I can have at varying heights and different positions. And I used to not make videos because I was always so hung up on not wearing makeup and then I'd, you know, my hair hadn't been done and, and then I wouldn't make the video. And then one day I just thought, you know what, one of my core values is authenticity and I thought I've just got to do it and if I'm not wearing makeup that that's fine actually I don't care because I want to talk to my customers and the people who follow me and I, I'm passionate about what I want to do what I do and I actually just want them to see that passion and I stopped allowing what I looked like or what I sounded like to um, to put me off actually doing doing the videos and I found once I got past that uh, it's just made such a difference so I now take clips uh, almost every single day I don't post them every day but I also spent a good few hours going through all the photos on my camera roll and organizing them to albums and that has been one of the best things I did so now if I want a video of me making jewelry I can just go to my phone go to the album jewelry making videos or if I want a, a video of a particular type of jewelry it's all categorized and then it's easy to find the photos and the videos and then it's easy to put them all together and create a reel um, quite quickly so I will just do snippets of video sometimes I do a time lapse uh, sometimes I just do it in normal time and then perhaps speed it up in in um, when I'm making the reel it just 
depends on what works for the message I'm trying to get across. So when you're like, do, do you actually go about planning a video or do you just try and film as much as you possibly can and then later you think, oh, I'll put a video together and then you come up with the idea. So what comes first, the idea or you just record all the video? I try and plan a video. That's when I end up going... <laughs> so I, I tend, and I'm not suggesting that this is something everyone should do. I think it's just because I love talking I, I just sit down and I talk and I look at that camera and I envisage the person I'm talking to so I don't think about talking to a camera I just think about somebody sitting there and I, I want to tell them about the process or I want to tell them about the piece of jewelry and that's really helped I just sit down and, and I, I do it usually um, I get it in one take sometimes I don't and but then I, I post those blooper videos and they're quite funny as well, <laughs> especially the ones I was doing um, in different languages because I speak uh, two African languages and I wanted to do a video. And obviously I'm a little bit out of practice in speaking the language as well. And I just kept getting it wrong. And eventually the only part that I, I was fluent in was the bit where I was having a little hissy fit and saying that it's just too hot. And I, I'm trying to read it instead of just saying it. And I was saying this all in, in Zulu. And that was quite funny. And that when I posted that as a blooper, um, it got quite a lot of interaction because people, people like to see you. They like to see the real you. They don't want to see the facade. And that's, if I was to give advice to anyone just starting out, it would be just be you, warts and all. You know, because that's what people will engage with, not the picture perfect, oh God, that, that's Instagram life. You want to show your real life and what you're doing and the mistakes you make. Yeah, I, I think that's really important. You say like bloopers, um, like your blooper video did really well. And I think that's a really good idea um, to just when you're relaxed about it and when you're not you don't really care about uh, um like you don't have to you don't care about it being perfect so if you do screw up then you can always share that as well and funny videos actually do really well uh and then people feel like oh you are actually a real person rather than just somebody who's trying to be really sort of uptight and professional about absolutely everything. and i think people can relate to you better then mm. because they can see the the person and not yeah, not this facade or yeah you know. So when you first started up making these videos, did it? Did you have to feel like you had to spend loads of money on your own equipment? I do have a DSLR camera that I use for photographing my jewellery, so I, I had a good tripod for for that. So I just bought an attachment that my mobile phone can go onto, and I use. I particularly like using that tripod because I can position it at different heights. I do have a small one that I just bought on um, on Amazon. I don't know where it is now, but it's just, it's got a remote and it just flips up. But the only thing I don't like about it is you can only have your camera held in a landscape position and for reels and things yeah, you, you need it in portrait. Enough, yeah. So I see uh, that they have brought out a, an amended version. Um, as far as lighting is concerned, I see a lot of people use those ring lights that you put your camera in front of the ring light. Personally, I hate them. Mm. They're reflecting people's eyes. And yeah, for me, that's just the freakiest, freakiest thing watching a video when someone's got this white circle in their eye. So I would avoid them at all costs. Yeah, I did get one at once at one point and I, I, did, I used it a couple of times and I thought, yeah, it just looked really fake and I didn't like the way it lit my face at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So I, I've just noticed on Instagram, there's another one that they promoting that's got a square light and it's got a backlight and a front light. Because I find one of the things that works quite well for me is reflected light. So for instance, I have all my lights in my studio have daylight bulbs in. Mm -hmm. So this light is above my, my computer. And if it's shining straight down or shining at me, it kind of washes me out. So I just shine it up against the wall and then it reflects off the wall and that reflected light is is better and then i have um, my lamp uh, that i use for work also pointing at me so when i'm doing my videos i just make sure that all the lights are on and i've got no mixed lighting because all the bulbs are daylight bulbs mm -hmm. and i just use that natural light i've got two windows in my studio as well so i position myself kind of between the windows and then i will often reflect this light off the wall so that I get reflected light back onto me and it's a more soft natural light. So even this this new um, thingy that I've seen on Instagram where it has the backlight and the front light, I would probably use the backlight reflecting off a wall more often than I would using the light mm. shining directly at me because that can be quite, quite harsh. But then again, you know, I know the quality of videos is important in that, but honestly, Getting a video out there is more important than getting a perfect video out yeah. there. So I always say that, um, like it's a, going back to lighting quickly, but I think as long as you sort of put some thought into it and you think, oh, that looks good, that's sort of good enough to start off with and then you can sort of fiddle around with um, like making yeah. making it perfect and stuff like that as you get better and as you, you learn more about it. Um, and that's the same. And, and as you get more confident in your space as well, you kind of learn what yeah. works and what times of day give you the best lighting. Exactly, yeah. And like that's the same across the board with all your videos. Like as you say, like it doesn't have to be perfect straight away. And you, when you start off, you've got to realise that your first one in a few years, you're going to look back on that and think it looks awful because you yeah. learn so much each and every time you make a video. You'll make a small like small little changes each time you make a video little improvements that all add up to like big improvements so after 50 100 150 videos you'll look back and you'll say you'll just sort of cringe at those first ones but you've got to start somewhere yeah oh well it's funny you say that because the first professional video i had done was possibly about six years ago and yeah there i was literally saying one sentence at a time it was the first time i'd ever spoken into the camera and and then my videographer had to go away and edit it all. And um, now, if we do a video, I just look at the camera and I just talk. Yeah. And it's it's something that's come, it comes easier now than it did six years ago when I first started. And I think you just need to relax and enjoy the process. And you don't have to be perfect. And if you do lose your teeth and get your tongue twisted, it's fine, yeah. you know, just do it again it's all practice and like you'll you'll get better each and every time you do it and like you say like the first one was really tough but i bet you learned yeah. from the next one and the next one and the next one and you slowly got better absolutely i was exactly the same yeah. and and one of the things i love about video is uh, some of my jewelry has quite a few elements to it so i make these lockets and for me it's like the secret within and actually making a video 
of it is so much more powerful than just taking photos mm -hmm. because you almost take people on the journey of the piece of jewelry. So I open my hand and there's the piece of jewelry and then I open it and what's inside and what's the story and you turn it over and the story continues. And it's, it's just a very powerful medium to use. And for, for my business, it's, it's been really good. It's, it's helped my engagement. Yeah on my social media posts. Yeah, so on that, how, how what kind of responses, what kinds of difference have you noticed from when you started to like now? Like what kind of responses and what kind of engagement do you get? As, as you know, the algorithm, you know that dirty word, uh, I struggle to work the algorithm out because sometimes I'll do a video, like I did one where I literally just had a palm pebble, which is just like a lentil bead that's got my parents' palm prints, one on each side. And I literally just opened my hand and closed my hand and that had over 3,000 views. And then I, I had another one where I sort of hung the, neck, hung the chain and then the necklace moved and I talked about the necklace and I talked about the, the piece and that had over 2,000 views. And then I did a similar one that had about 180 views. And you look at it and you think, now, they were posted at the same time of day, with the same background, they were out in the garden, I was sitting on the step and I was doing it. And, and you know, I think we can also get too hung up on the numbers. And I've had to have some stern talks to myself about being hung up on the numbers. Yeah, it's great when, you're, when your reel has 3,000 views. But actually, the important thing is to keep showing up consistently and to keep doing it. And and now I've realized that for me, it's great to have those views and it's great to have that reach. But what I really want, I'd rather have 50 people actively engaged than 3,000 people just seeing it. Those 3,000 people seeing it, some of them are only seeing it for like, it's just showing up on their timeline and then they're just switching, going to the next one, going to the next one. But that counts as a view. So yeah. It, like, views don't really mean anything especially on like tiktok and, and instagram reels it's just sort of like if if it appears that's a view whereas like on other platforms a view counts for a lot more um but yeah i wouldn't get hung up on views at all i, I think you're totally right in thinking like if you get 50 people that are actively engaged each and every time you post that's worth more so what you need to think about there as well is your calls to action what do you want people to do so it's all good and well putting the video up but so the planning that I do put into it is I know what my pillars are for, for my 90 days. I know what message I want to get across through my social media. Um, I'm not very good at sort of planning every post, but I know I plan what my message is. And then I make posts and, and um, make videos, et cetera, to support that, that message. Um, what's your call to action? So, are you just trying to increase reach? Because then it's like, like and share. Or are you wanting to engage? Drop me an emoji if you can relate. Or do you feel the same way? Or do you have a cat who switches your damn computer off? And you know, <laughs> whatever. It's, it's your call to action is almost as important as the video. And, and, and that title at the beginning of your video, because not everyone has sound on. So if you're going to talk, use captions so that if people don't have their sound on, they still know what your video is about. But if you give them that little caption right at the beginning, make sure it's a good one because that's what's going to capture people's attention and, and get them to stop. 
you know, so the, the videos where I spoke Kosa or Zulu, um, I actually had a few people say to me, oh, that was brilliant. That made me stop scrolling. But, you know, I said, I'm going to speak closer or I did another reel where I, I started with. And oh, that's another thing. If you don't like the sound of your voice, use someone else's voice. You know, use use a trending sound. And I don't do lip syncing. I've tried it. I can't bloody get it right. So I don't try the lip syncing, but I'll hold a piece of jewelry or I'll do this, that's the next thing. But I put up a, a reel and it, to begin with, it said, I'm going to say something controversial. And it was about valuing myself and my pricing and the fact that, you know, I, I don't work for nothing. And using someone else's voice made it so much easier for me to put that message across. Because for me, it's quite a sensitive subject because what I do is so emotive and I feel so passionately about it. I find it really hard to put a monetary value to it because it just it just doesn't sit well. But I know I have to make a living in it. I'm running a business. But being able to put that message across through someone else's voice was was so much easier to do. And I got pretty good engagement on that as well. Because look, look, let's face it, when someone says they're going to say something controversial, we want we want to hear it because I'm sure we'll have an opinion on it. Yeah, so I think that's, that's, that's a some good really good catch. really good hooks there to get people to actually stop and watch because anything where it's like different to what they're already watching, like because there's so much stuff on like TikTok and Instagram Reels, like there's so much sort of similar stuff. But if you sort of straight at the start, this is something different. Like you like you say, you're speaking a different language. It sort of breaks people out of that little cycle and they wake up a little bit. Um, so I think that's really interesting, and that's a really cool. It'd be cool to like to look at other ways of doing that. Yeah, and everyone says the trends and do the trends, and but don't you get a bit sick and tired of seeing the same things coming up just with different people? You know, the trends are all good and well, but I think you've got to get onto the trend at the right time because if it's already beginning to fatigue, then I think you're doing yourself a disservice by by doing the trend because then people are oh, another one of these, you know, so I would be a little bit careful of only using. I spoke to someone about that on another show and he said, you need to get it before the curve, like when it goes up and they're, they, they're a TikTok uh, marketing agency. And he said, you need to get it as it's on the way up and not like when it's at the peak. Cause then like people, like, as you say, people get already fed up with it and then it goes on the way down and it's sort of over by that point. So you need to, they keep an eye on like what's trending and what's going up. So they can jump on it before uh, everyone else does it. But yeah, I get like I get why you probably wouldn't want to do it as well because um, it's not being genuine and like as, as we said before, not being um, genuine to who you are and what you do. But sometimes to put a message across, it's actually a good way because as as I said, I could use someone else's voice to put a message across that I feel really strongly about that I actually feel uncomfortable with. But being able to hide behind someone else's voice made it a lot easier to do because it's an important conversation I have to have with people and, and I have to value my skill and the investment I've made in, in training to, to do what I do as well as I do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy subject to discuss. Mm. I think there's some great tips from our conversation we just had like about pre-recording stuff or just constantly recording stuff to have a library of content to fall back on is a really good idea um i tried to do a live once oh yeah how did that go 
deleted it afterwards. I was like, oh my god, that was so awful. I just, I just waffled. It was dreadful. But then actually, someone who did watch the live, because I says I apologised profusely to the three people who had watched me, and one of them said, no, it was really great. You actually inspired me to get out and go for a walk because I was out walking at Capstan with my dog, and Capstan's one of my happy places, and it's actually one of the places where I pick up a lot of material that I use in my, my work because uh, part of Capstan is on landfill and it's been landfill since Victorian time. So I dig up the most exquisite Victorian glass at Capstan. So I've done a few videos where I've actually shown the field and then zoned in on the ground, shown me digging up a piece of glass and then holding all these pieces of glass in my hand, then showing the picture of the tumbler going round and then showing the end result of that beautifully smooth, shiny glass. Um, but so I thought, oh, I'll just do a live. You know, this is where I am. This is where I get my inspiration. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I do. Maybe I should do a few more of those, actually. And I think I think they work well when you you let people know that you're going to be on at a certain time, because then they're more likely to join and ask questions. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm working up the courage to do more yeah. of those. Well, thank you for coming on the show. And um, oh, it's been if a pleasure. people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way of getting in touch and seeing your, your work? Um, I have a website, which is Rosalind Jewelry, and that's spelled R-O-S-L-Y-N, rosalindjewelry.co.uk, or I'm rosalind.jewelry on both Instagram and Facebook. And I've got really good contact links through those three platforms, so that would be the best way of, of getting in touch. So that's it for episode 362. Don't forget you can connect with Rosalind on LinkedIn. Head over to our website, rosalindjewelry.co.uk. And I will be back next time in episode 363. As always, if you've got any questions about video or any problems you're facing with video at the moment, let me know in the comments below or email me office at redbookproductions.co.uk and I will speak to you or try to answer those questions uh, in that future episode. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye.